I have a confession to make. If you send me like a really long email, it's not that I don't want to respond to it. I just get overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. So I thought it might be fun. I have two that are pending and I just, I just, I can't, I don't know. I mean, once it goes over like two paragraphs, I'm like, wow, I feel, I. first off, let me just explain. I feel like I, I, I want to give my response. I want to give it as, as, um, as detailed as it was delivered to me. And, and, um, I just, I never find myself actually going back and doing that. So, um, I got one somewhere here from my buddy, uh, James Castell of Castell Insurance in the, um, in the picturesque Northwest. Sure. I think that sounds good. I've never been out that way. Washington state, all that good stuff. I'd like to go sometime. looks pretty anyways was talking about some aggregators, um, you know, particularly some of the more well-known ones that might have uh, three or four letters, uh, acronyms associated with them. And he was basically saying that, you know, he's kind of keeping his ear to the ground on, you know, in the industry as to what's going on, but looking for some insight. Um, someone could expand further. Uh, truly independent agency. I'm doing a very poor job of reading this. Uh, versus being a member of these larger aggregators or insulation or for insulation of our books. Man, I cannot read tonight. Um, basically, he started as a scratch agency six years ago, um, and they are seeing less value from these groups compared to the fees that they are paying. Um, at what point does the value proposition shift from the cluster bringing everything to the table to the individual agency? Strength in numbers, but at what cost? Yeah, this is a very common question that I get. Um, and I don't, I'm trying to think, I'm, I, I know I've talked about another podcast. I don't know that I've ever really dedicated a full episode to it, but just kind of on the record, I think you know, you're making some, some form of a deal with the devil when you're kind of dealing with these guys. I mean, there's just read the fine print, um, know what you're getting into, do the math, run the numbers, know what's going to happen. If for whatever reason you need to leave early, um, knowing the terms of the deal. And if it still seems like a decent thing for what you're looking to do, then, I mean, it's fine, I guess, but I would imagine, I know there's people out there that would say, oh, please don't, there's way better solutions. And there are, I think, maybe, probably better ways to get access to the markets. And that's really what it is. And that's the reason why I asked, um, when I, I did my interview with um, State Auto CEO, Mike LaRocco, I was like, listen, man, like, cause I keep getting this question, when is this gonna stop? Like, why, why, why are aggregators, why are clusters, whatever, we can't even decide on a name, it's ridiculous. Why, when are these things going to go away? And when are we just going to be like, Hey, yes, we would like you to sell our policies because you're a pretty decent forward thinking individual or agency. Uh, we're obviously not there yet. And I just, I think that that's personally my answer. Um, I think, I think, I think they're, let's put it this way. They don't, 
the, the value that they are they are leaning on bringing in, in the current environment that we're dealing with is, hey, uh, we control a lot of agents and half the insurance world. And because of that, people tend to listen to us and they just throw their weight around. And, um, and it's what it is. And there's, you know, you know, there's uh, commissions, overrides, all that fun stuff to where, yes, you might be maybe making more in some cases. I've heard it depends. Those are the things that you're going to want to know. It's different in every group. It's different in every deal. Uh, ultimately, I think it's, it's more the fundamental concept about the structure of the industry in general to when, you know, hey, listen, do we really even need these guys in the mix? Because, you know, the, they are a product, basically what we're dealing with, they are a reaction to, you know, limited market access, right? They would not exist if market access wasn't per, per se an issue. Um, the reason that they exist is because people don't have enough business to give the number of agencies that they might need to feel competitive. And so we get fancy conglomerates with, you know, four letter acronyms to, um, you know, to help us out, I guess. Um, I don't know that I have much of a better answer than that. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't get much more complicated than that. I think, um, you know, if you want to view them as a necessary evil, I can understand that. If you think that your agency, you know, you guys are in your sixth year. I mean, if you think, and you know, if it's a 10 year deal, if you think, well, we're just going to kind of use them, we'd like to get the access. And in 10 years when we're done, you know, we will have whatever, blah, blah, you know, but I know I was talking with uh, somebody, I want to say my buddy, Matt Simon to where, you know, some deals might even say, you know, when you leave, they don't own just a percentage of the business that you've written through them. They own a percentage of the, of like your entire business doesn't seem very fair, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Um, I would say if you can see a way to, to kind of get by without it, maybe, but, um, ultimately, um, if you want the extra markets, if you want the extra business and you're going to push for it, then, then go for it. Um, otherwise, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said with using a, a turning a weakness into a strength or basically making the best with what you, you know, making, making do with what you have, making the best with whatever that saying is, um, you know, using those things to your advantage. If you want to sell against, uh, you know, not having those companies. Hey, listen, you know, this is the reason when, you know, I mean, you can always obviously do some of that stuff to where it's like, Hey, listen, we've got X number of companies, two, three, four, five. I don't know how many you've got. Uh, and I'm just speaking generally, not just to the Castell agency or anything, but, um, you know, uh, you know, just using selling to your advantages as opposed to dwelling on your weaknesses and, and try always focusing on what you don't have as opposed to focusing on what you do. I'm going to put a little pin on this. This is, I don't know how to transition this since this is kind of new, a little Q and a thing. So I got another one from my buddy. Uh, where is it at? My buddy, Sean, uh, I don't really want to gava, uh, geez, gava, gava, gan, gava, gan. That's not even close. Uh, that's the name of the agency too. So I guess we're not going to know a whole lot of him. It's in Pennsylvania. So, uh, anyways, talking about some video, um, I think, 
And so what he had did, uh, he had said he's got, uh, he reached out to some carriers and he's got a $900 commitment towards some camera gear, some video gear. Very well done, Sean. That's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, taking a page out of my good friend, Danny Kimball's playbook, uh, where she had got, uh, actually she, uh, she talked him into more. Maybe they're holding out on you, Sean. I don't know. I know like she was saying like two grand, maybe something like that. Um, we're going to start shooting videos for our referral partners, mostly loan officers and realtors. Also going to start a local show of sorts, highlighting local businesses and organizations that our target market uh, patronizes and cares about. I uh, figure I will blast this stuff out on Facebook and our YouTube channel. Um, felt like a good idea. Blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Uh, I've never shot a video. Well, there's a first time for everything, Sean. Other than my kids at a field day. Yep. That's honestly, so I tell this story all the time. I'm being very serious. I learned how to edit video by making home movies. That's it. Everyone's always worried about like putting something out there. I mean, nothing says like you don't have to start making videos for the agency. I mean, put the, put the, you know, put, uh, put your better half, you know, put together a, a video for your better half. Um, you know, some, some childhood, you know, from your kids' memories and, you know, put, mix that together and see what happens. You know, I mean, she might like you a little bit more. Um, so, you know, that's always an option. I would suggest it, um, a nice place to practice. So yes, the field day that definitely counts, but the trick is you, you shoot the videos, but you don't do anything with them. So you got to try and do something with them. Um, he also says going in for a penalty shot. So yeah, I mean, put together some epic hockey, you know, highlight reels, man, go after it. Uh, honestly, it's one of the easiest ways to get started is to just, you know, kind of create with something that you're very familiar with your family and to do it in, a, in a, an environment that very few people are going to see it. And also very few people will ever really want to see it because who wants to watch your home movies? Usually nobody. So it's pretty safe across the board. Anyways, he's got a young guy that they've hired, uh, within the last couple months. Um, and let's see here. So they just got hooked up with some Adobe products. So that's good there. They've got, they've got a good start. Um, they're getting started. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Uh, he can reach out for guidance. Uh, basically the big one, one question I have now. Um, so yes, uh, Sean, I will be happy to help. Uh, and what limited, you know, what, what I can, uh, again, emails over three paragraphs are challenging for me as we found um, but I'm doing my best. Um, one question I have now is regarding a lens debating the merits of the Canon 18 to 55 versus the 10 to 22. Um, Ryan suggested in that vlogging a setup video. Um, I don't see us doing a ton of moving shots or station, uh, more stationary stuff, but who knows? So yes, the, 18 to 25, I'm reaching over here, or the 18 to 55, that's the one that comes with the, the camera, I believe. I mean, that's the one that came with my kit. That's my kit lens. And that's, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, so to be honest, um, the, the more you spend on the lens, the better you're usually going to get with picture quality. It's pretty simple. Um, I personally have the 10 to the, uh, 
10 to 18 wide angle lens is what I, what I go with. Uh, so everything that you've seen mostly of my stuff, except for a few random instances where I've been around Ryan and stolen his, um, L series, uh, I believe it's 16 to 35 millimeter lens. That is my lens. If I had to go to a lens, that's the one I would definitely probably go to. Um, 16, I could use maybe something that could go out a little bit further. 10 is nice. Cause you can really get, you know, you can keep the camera close to you. Um, and, and still, um, and still get a lot in frame. So think about it this way. Um, you know, what basically, you know, the, the numbers on the camera just for everybody at home are the, 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 the ability for it to zoom, right? So the lower, the first number, the wider, the uh, zoom ability, right? So I said 10 to 18 is the current lens that I've got. So that goes all the way down to 10, which means super wide. Uh, so if you go anything, I don't even think they make anything that's like five below 10, but I, uh, you know, I'm not that into lenses. I don't know how low they go, but, um, you know, that's about as wide as I would imagine as they get. So, you know, if it, if it starts at 18 to 55, that means that lens is starting where my lens is all the way zoomed in. Now that sometimes is okay because the worst thing about that lens is it's very terrible at getting B-roll. I'm just, I don't have the range to get anything that isn't within, you know, um, you know, basically five to 10 feet. I mean, obviously you can get some, you know, establishing shots, but I mean, if you, if you wanted like, Hey, I want to shoot that flag up on the flagpole. It's just, it's really tough. Um, so that is one downside to, you know, the, the super wide 10 to 18 lens. Um, there is one lens that I can't remember what Ryan suggested in that vlog. Um, that was, so again, like if you're spending, um, and, and do some reviews by no means am I like a lens reviewer, um, just the handful that I've used. Um, honestly, there's some, there's a bunch of good resources out there. Uh, F stoppers, um, dot com is a pretty solid site that I kind of tend to go to. Um, and then I'm trying to think Tony and Chelsea is a, is a pretty good YouTube channel, Tony and Chelsea, something or other. Um, I mean, I, I came across them. They, they, they break down cameras and lenses and audio, you know, equipment, video equipment pretty extensively. Um, the dude has a, has a very oddly seductive voice that I'm not quite sure what's happening when I listen to it, but either way it gets me through. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, is that, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the two to three hundred dollar range, maybe four hundred dollar range, that lens is going to yield you, you know, X amount of quality. It's going to be better than the kit lens, but you know, it's basically your first step up. It's your first upgrade. Um, and then if you jump into the you know five hundred to just below a thousand range, then that's going to be maybe the more intermediate range for lenses. I know Sydney's rolling with like a Sigma lens. I can't remember the you know what what, uh, what its zoom range is on it. Uh, but, um, but that thing's got some, uh, you know, slightly sharper, nice little deeper colors. And that's what you're going to get, right? You're going to pick up some sharpness. You're going to pick up a little more, you know, color saturation, a little more pop, just a, just a clearer depth of field with the image. So a lot of people are not even going to be able to tell. Um, but once I think, I think that, I think she was maybe dealing with, uh, you know, five to $700 lens. I could, or maybe it's close to a thousand. I can't remember. Uh, and then you can kind of go all the way up to the big boys, the L series lenses, which are going to be like 1500 to two grand just to kind of get your foot in the door. And you know, that's, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, depending on the budget, I don't know that you need to start there, but, 
Um, I'm, you know, not even a year into my DSLR ownership and I'm already itching for one. So, uh, you know, once you've used it, once you've seen the difference, it's hard to, it's hard to look through the, through the world, through, you know, lens that is not, uh, while well, we went from aggregators to the lenses, this is a very interesting episode. I don't know if it's going to work, but I thought it would be fun. Um, so if you like more questions and answer episodes, let me know, I guess. Don't make the response over three paragraphs. Um, Joey at agencynation.com. Maybe we can do more of this. Maybe not. Um, but um, I appreciate James and Sean for reaching out uh, with the questions. And uh, hopefully they helped. Uh, hopefully I made some sort of sense. But I'm going to just, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let you get on with your day. Hopefully it's a good one. And uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, by the way, just real quick before you go, um, head on over agencynation.com newsletter. Why not? It's the best way. You know, I'll send you an email and then you can reply to that. That's probably a good exchange. Uh, I do that every Sunday. agencynation.com slash newsletter.